What is up, guys, and welcome to another edition of Market Marauders, Beat the Market, one trade at a time. I'm your host, Reginald C., so let's jump into some of the articles from this week. So, the vaccine uh, race continues. Uh, we still got some major players in the vaccine race. Um, this week, Pfizer uh, gave a pretty important update, uh, saying that their vaccine will not be ready until Thanksgiving at the earliest. So Pfizer was uh, one of the companies that was still, I guess in my opinion, number one in the race, saying that they were going to be giving their vaccine sooner uh, than their competitors, Moderna. Uh, now, if you're not familiar with what Pfizer is, it's a large pharmaceutical company. Uh, they are in works with a company called BioNTech uh, to produce um, uh, basically a coronavirus vaccine. So they've been kind of the leaders. Um, we've seen a lot of other companies like AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson, uh, as well as Ellie Lilly, pause all of their trials uh, for their vaccine. But it seemed like Pfizer and BioNTech seemed to be the one that continue their trial uh, and just continue pressing forward. Uh, Moderna already stated that their vaccine is not going to be ready till uh, around the end of November. Uh, but now uh, Pfizer um, is going to be uh, ready until the end of November. So they have stated that the research uh, or data from their trial uh, will be available in late October. Uh, so that's going to be a pretty big catalyst for the stock moving forward. Uh, so I'm looking towards the end of October for that news. And then, um, you know, after the election, seeing if uh, what the deadlines are for both of these companies, uh, Pfizer, uh, BioNTech, and Moderna. Uh, as far as producing that vaccine. Uh, so the CEO, uh, Albert Barula, in an open letter published Friday, revealed that uh, while scientists are working quickly to develop a vaccine, that it would not be ready uh, by Election Day. So Election Day is November uh, 3rd in the United States, if you're not familiar, uh, or if you're overseas, uh, a claim that has been repeated by President Trump. Uh, he added that the earliest company would seek authorization uh, from the FDA would be the third week of November. Uh, so the third week of November is a, a pretty big catalyst for that. So, you know, I definitely expect, you know, if positive news comes out, if they gain, um, you know, once they submit uh, to the FDA that, you know, it's a huge day for the stock market in general. Uh, Pfizer expects to have preliminary numbers by the end of October regarding whether the vaccine works but it would still need uh, to collect safety uh, and manufacturing data. The CEOs have also emphasized all three aspects, safety, uh, efficacy, and manufacturing quality data uh, would provide key um, ensuring the treatment's success. So basically in October, you're going to know whether this uh, vaccine actually works. So late October, a uh, really big catalyst for the company, as well as the beginning uh, or the end of November. So just keep your eyes out on them. Uh, the ticker sign is PFE. Uh, Moderna's ticker sign is MRNA. And the company that Pfizer is working with, uh, BioNTech's ticker sign is BNTX. So just keep your eyes on those three. Uh, also, keep your eyes out on Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca. Uh, I don't think that they're out of the race, uh, but Johnson & Johnson's ticker sign is J&J. And, and AstraZeneca's ticker sign, 
uh, is AZNCF. So keep your eyes out on all those because they are uh, definitely still in the runnings for vaccine candidates. So this week we also had a town hall with President Trump as well as a town hall with uh, presidential candidate uh, or former Vice President Joe Biden. I think both of the the town halls uh, went okay. Um, I got more uh, of the Trump um, town hall than the Biden one. I wasn't able to watch both. They're both on at the same time. Uh, so uh, what I got from, you know, the Trump one, the moderator, you know, she just she kept talking over people. So it was kind of, you know, confusing to hear some of it. But I'm going to recap some of the um, things that he basically went over. Uh, so this is the uh, Trump one. Uh, so it says, among the notable answers, uh, Trump declined to announce, denounce uh, the baseline QAnon uh, conspiracy theory, while Biden said uh, he would offer more concrete answers uh, on court packing uh, before election day. Uh, there were two, uh, the two supposed to appear uh, one event Thursday night, but Trump balked. Uh, at the decision by debate organizers to hold virtual town hall uh, because of the health and safety concerns amid uh, the pandemic. <clears throat> so that's basically the reason uh, why they had the two different ones. Uh, so Trump dis discussed a wide range of topics, including his handling of coronavirus, uh, which he defended, uh, the times he failed to denounce white supremacy, which he denied openly in this uh, town hall, uh, and the question of whether he would agree to have a peaceful transfer of power uh, if Biden would lose, which he was against uh, answering uh, obliquely. So basically, um, he did, from what I got uh, from it, he did basically say, um, you know, he expects to win. And that was kind of his answer. Uh, another big thing they talked about uh, regarding Trump was his tax returns. Um, he basically explained uh, they, they wanted to know who he owed money to, um, but he was explaining, you know, most of his money or most of the debt that he had is from real estate. So uh, that would basically mean he just has a bunch of mortgages out there. So, you know, if you want to uh, do a little digging, I mean, you could figure that out. You, you know, you go to uh, buy a house and, you know, who are the, the top mortgage lenders out there? So, I mean... It's not that that difficult to uh, figure figure those things out if you wanted to do it, um, but uh, he did uh, answer those questions. Uh, now, as far as the uh, Biden one, uh, Biden also uh, filed questions on the pandemic uh, and the economy, as well as fracking, foreign policy, uh, and transgender rights. Uh, notably, Biden made his most uh, extensive comments uh, to date on the questions of court packing. Uh, the idea prompted uh, by Democrats to add justices to the Supreme Court uh, should the Senate confirm Trump nominee Amy uh, Coney Barrett uh, in the court this fall. So she's currently going through, um, you know, I guess interrogation uh, for her uh, seat on the Supreme Court. Uh, so that's currently going on uh, this week as well. Uh, in recent weeks, Biden had avoided directly answering whether he supports the idea, but Biden uh, this week uh, reiterated that he's not a fan. Uh, uh, he said, I'm not a fan, but 
It depends on how this turns out. Uh, Biden said in the town hall, not how he wins, but how it's handled. Uh, so it's basically his answer uh, to that question. Uh, press further, Biden said he would make his uh, position clear before Election Day, depending on how they handle this. Uh, they do have a right uh, to know where I stand, uh, said Biden. Uh, they have a right to know where I stand uh, before they vote. So that was his reply to that as well. Uh, Biden also said we should uh, think about uh, we should be thinking about making uh, vac vaccination against the uh, coronavirus mandatory. Uh, should the vaccine or vaccines be proven safe and effective? Uh, but he recognized it would be very difficult to enforce vaccination. So, you know, a lot of people are under the assumption that once the vaccine comes out, people will force it. Um, you know, the government's going to say you have to have a vaccine. Uh, but, you know, they know that majority of the people... You know, there'd be mass chaos in the streets. People would rebel uh, if that happens. But, you know, from an investment standpoint, you know, both parties are pushing uh, for a development of a vaccine. So if you're an investor, these are all publicly traded companies. You know, you can take advantage of this and, you know, gain money from the fact that these companies are making vaccines. So they're not private organizations. Uh, they get money from a lot of different organizations, but they're openly publicly traded companies. So, you know, you can gain as an investor from these companies developing uh, these vaccines. And vaccines is the only thing that I've seen as an investor that both parties can agree on. So, you know, that's why I stress so much about the companies like Pfizer, Moderna, uh, BioNTech, Johnson & Johnson, um, and AstraZeneca, even GlaxoKline and Illy and Illy Lilly, even though Illy Lilly stopped their uh, their trials, um, and you know a lot of those companies have been paused. Their names are going to continue to come up because they've already started research on you know this subject matter. Um, also, testing I think will continue uh, to increase. So companies that do a lot of testing, uh, mask I think also will you know come back um, and stay you know as a focal point. Um, you know, both parties, you know, say they agree with math, they don't agree with math, they agree with math, they don't agree with math, you know, whether it, you know, they agree or don't agree, I don't ever see math going away uh, anytime soon. So, you know, I think that's still a market um, that will continue to grow uh, as well as testing. So I would say just look at those companies that are involved in those three different niches um, and, you know, plan accordingly when investing. Um, and I think you can, you know, get a, a pretty solid return uh, from, you know, just strategizing with those things. Now, going into the EV world, um, Fisker says that they found a partner uh, to make their ocean SUV. Uh, Fisker, uh, a Manhattan Beach, California uh, based electric car company maker, uh, well, electric car maker uh, is partnering with. Magna International, a major contract uh, auto manufacturing company based in Canada, uh, to build its new electric SUV. So unlike Tesla, which has its own factories and has plans for more, Fisker plans to outsource the building uh, of its cars. Uh, it has arranged for Magna uh, 
which owns cars for a number of automakers, including Mercedes-Benz, Toyota, BMW, and Jaguar, to help engineer and build its all-electric Fisker Ocean SUV. So, you know, I think that's one huge advantage uh, that Tesla has uh, over a lot of these other car makers is that they all they do all their stuff in house, uh, so they don't have to go to you know a lot of other places and and deal with the demand of other places. Um, because if you look at a company like Fisker, uh, when it comes to you know outsourcing to other companies, um, you know basically the person with the most money is going to win. Uh, they're going to take priority. So you're basically going to be competing with Mercedes-Benz, Toyota, and BMW and Jaguar. So the companies that that own you know all those different brands are basically going to be you know taking priority because they're uh, they have more money to dish out to make products so um, from a distributor point of view um, you know it may be bad for Fisker uh, but you know with them starting up um, you know if their car you know is quality and you know it sells a lot then I think you know it will be advantageous for them uh, to build their own factories and do in-house. So I know every company can't start off by doing that, um, but that is one of the things that I saw was definitely um, a red flag for me uh, when looking at Nikola, uh, their rise and fall, basically. Um, Nikola, you know, their former CEO, Trevor Milton, was, you know, very excited about outsourcing a lot of different technologies, and, you know, it basically in the end kind of, you know, screwed them. Uh, but you know, I think Nikola may will make a comeback. Uh, Nikola Motors, that is, um, in the future. But you know, the way that they started off to me seemed to be more along the lines of you know, how many people can we be associated with uh, to make ourselves look better instead of how can we make a product that's you know innovative for the customer. So you know, regardless of what business uh, you're in. Um, like the number one thing of sales is the customer. So, you know, you want to make a product that's best for the customer, um, you know, where you can make money yourself. Now, sometimes, you know, even in the story of Tesla, you know, they've taken many L's. They've gone down a path of, you know, had a bunch of uh, setbacks because they put the customer first. But in the end, putting the customer first has helped them out the most. So, you know, sometimes they may... Uh, you know, make a technology or do something um, that's customer focused. Um, even when you listen to like the CEO, uh, Elon Musk, talk about his company during battery day, you know, the stock fell, you know, quite a bit. So it fell because the projection for what they were doing was longer than actually expected. But he gave out a realistic goal of what was going on and showing you the technologies that were supporting that. So it was less of, you know, investor focused and more of customer focused. So I think in the end, that's going to help them uh, the most because it's more customer focused of, hey, we have a new battery. Hey, we're improving our facilities. We're improving manufacturing. We're going to have a car that's going to be cheaper in the future. Uh, but we're focusing on enhancing this technology. So it helps you, the customer. When I looked at things from Nikola's standpoint in the EV world, it was more of, hey, we're going to have, you know, this Class 8 vehicle. Uh, you know, even Trevor Milton himself said the only reason they made the Badger or designed the Badger was so that they can get shares from millennial investors, basically, on Robinhood, which I think was very, you know, 
conniving thing to say um, to take advantage of, of people uh, for that reason. So, you know, I think when you look at uh, any company in general, as long as they're customer focused, um, then, you know, they definitely will go a long way. So I would say just compare those two. Uh, we can't say, you know, if Fisker is going to be that company or not. I do know they have like a long history before even starting this uh, Ocean Electric SUV. Um, but, you know, depending on what path they go, I would say learn from the ones that have started um, and the ones who have done good and the ones that have done bad. So learn from uh, Tesla's story and how they have exceeded um, and from Nikola's story, how they started off and then, you know, in the position they're at now. So I would compare them to those two and whatever one, whatever path they seem to be taking, I would just use caution um, when investing in them. Now going to another company, uh, Peloton, uh, who makes uh, exercise bikes, has had 27,000 exercise bike uh, injuries reported. So they're recalling their bikes, which uh, was a large portion of their sales. So their sales went up tremendously uh, during the pandemic because a lot of people uh, were basically stuck at home. Gyms and stuff were closed. Uh, you couldn't really go to the gym. So a lot of people bought bikes and in-home equipment, which definitely helped the company out tremendously. Uh, but this, I think, will be a major setback for the company uh, because a lot of people who bought those, I mean, let's be realistic. When you buy a treadmill, are you using it every single day? Not really. You probably, when you first get it for the first week, you're probably using it every day. And, you know, the first month you use it. Uh, but as time goes on, you know, you don't really use it, especially if you bought it for the purpose of, you know, using it just until uh, the gym opened back up. So, you know, I think a lot of people already bought it just to substitute something. But then when it opened back up, they were like, you know, we're not going to we're not going to use it. Uh, but then on top of that, that they're recalled, being recalled because uh, they have a defective pedal. You know, I think that's uh, going to be pretty, pretty bad for the company um, as a whole. Uh, so since Peloton has issued a voluntary recall uh, on pedals used uh, on about 27,000 of its exercise bikes uh, because of reported laceration hazard. Uh, and the home fitness company announced a recall uh, to its PR70P. Uh, clip-in bike pedal on Thursday uh, in cooperation with the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Uh, the federal agency says uh, Peloton PMCCF uh, has received at least 120 consumer reports of PR70P pedals uh, breakage, 16 of which involved leg industry, I mean leg injuries. Uh, five of those injuries uh, required medical care, such as stitches and lower of lower leg. Uh, the commission wrote in Thursday uh, announcement on the website. So, you know, I think this will definitely hurt the company uh, uh, because a lot of people who bought them will, you know, take them back or will be selling them or not be repeat customers. Um, so hopefully they can get, you know, through this, um, and, you know, it's not the only thing the company makes, but it is definitely one of the major items that they make. It's basically their breadwinner. So, uh, you know, if the main product that you make, you know, is is going through, um, you know, something like a recall, then it definitely hurts the company. Uh, so I'm going to be looking, um, you know, as time goes on to see uh, if it actually hurts their earnings coming up uh, and how that this uh, will affect them in the future. 
So lastly, we'll talk about uh, Walmart. So Walmart uh, Black Friday 2020. Uh, they basically released a schedule of how they're going to do Black Friday. As you know, uh, the coronavirus, people being in stores, there will never be a Black Friday like there has been in the past. Uh, where people just bum rushing doors and, you know, running in uh, without masks and all this other stuff. Uh, so they basically released a schedule uh, of what they're going to be doing. And this is going to be a small breakdown uh, of that. So event one begins online November 4th uh, with new deals uh, in stores November 7th. Uh, the sale will start online at Walmart.com on Wednesday, November 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, with deals including uh, on-brand 42-inch UHD Roku TV uh, for only $88 uh, and hotel-style bath towels for $5. Uh, In-store deals will start Saturday, November 7th at 5 a.m. local time uh, with items like the Magic Bullet Blender for $15 um, and RC Truck for $40. Uh, also, Walmart will be holding its annual tire event in stores uh, November 7th through 13th, where customers receive $20 off per tire and free lifetime balance service from its auto care center. So, event two that they have, uh, the deals will begin November 11th uh, with new deals in store on the 14th. Uh, the second event will also offer deals on electronics like TVs, computers, tablets. Uh, savings on movies, uh, music, and more. And then for event number three, uh, we'll begin online on November 25th uh, with new deals in the store 27th. So basically what they're doing is they're going to be staggering uh, their sales events. So instead of releasing everything on Black Friday, they're going to start uh, around the 4th all the way through Black Friday uh, or all the way through um, Thanksgiving leading up to Black uh, Friday. Um, so, you know, people can come and take advantage of that. I think it's a pretty good plan for the company. I think it's a smart strategic move. Um, and, you know, it gives people something to look forward to. So for if event one, uh, you know, the fourth through the seventh, there's not anything that you want. You're going to be looking uh, for the deals on the 11th through the 14th. If you can't find anything there, you're going to be looking for the ones on the 25th through the 27th. So I think, you know, it's really a smart plan uh, for Walmart, and it keeps customers engaged, uh, you know, looking on the website to see it, what was posted, and going into the stores to see what's posted. So essentially, the way that they've staggered it, uh, it ensures that customers will be in the stores for the whole month of November. Uh, so I think it's a very smart business move. I think other stores should do uh, something similar to this to combat. Um, I don't know uh, what other stores like Target or other retail chains expect to do to combat but this is a very good plan in my eyes um and you know very good from their uh, management team uh to uh, basically issue this so uh that's been another episode of market marauders hope you guys are able to lock in profits this week uh good luck to everybody trading uh out there and i'll see you guys next time peace